your Bibles to 2 Timothy. Uh, we'll start there in just a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, I want to say a few things before we get started. Um, one is this. I am I'm so thankful for the brethren uh, here. Just um, You know, uh, everybody's been very encouraging and uh, loving and compassionate toward us. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful uh, for the brethren here. And along with that, I wanted to say I feel so, so bad. I mean, uh, I, I pity those who do not realize the amount of strength that you can get from your brethren and do not see the importance of coming to worship um, to be around brethren. And I'm so sorry if... Uh, if you feel that way, that it's it's just a, a time to just come and, and kind of stamp your card, uh, it's it's much more than that. You know, a brethren can be encouraging, and during times like like uh, you know this, when you have hard times, you know it, it's it's not good to run away from your brethren, uh, but you need to come to your brethren and gather some strength from them. And, and so that, that is very important to, to be able to come and get encouragement. And so, I, you know, I, if, if that applies to you, uh, what I've just said applies to you, please um, reconsider. Reconsider, uh, you know, plan on being around the brethren more. And, you know, um, on top of that, you get to be around God's Word more. Another thing is, is that, um, you know, today is a really exciting day for a lot of people. It's exciting for me even. Um, you know, to, to, tonight is, uh, is, is a very, very big game, right? Um, you know, I, I, I had mentioned it a couple of times. You know, I'm a Broncos fan, and so I, I think, you know, it's, it's nice to have uh, my team in the Super Bowl, but my... My college team already won the championship game for the college, and I thought, man, it'd just be great if uh, if both of my teams won in the same year. How how crazy would that be? And so I, I'm, you know, I've been really excited about it. But you know, along with that, worship starts at six. It does. And as much as I would enjoy watching that game, you know, we have to make a, a precedent. Uh, what is going to be more important? Is a game going to be more important? Uh, or is God going to be more important? We have to choose uh, who we're going to serve. And I tell you what, if your God is going to be football, that is a very pathetic God. Brethren, even though today might be a big day for the sports world, it is a better day to serve God. I want to talk about some things. I had a lot of things just kind of swirling through my mind, and I'm, I'm, I've just decided I'm going to piece them all together. And instead of doing, you know, three or four different sermons, we're going to get three or four different sermons wrapped into one. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to cover a few different things. But, but the thought is this. Uh, when we look at 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15... Uh, the, the King James Version talks about dividing 
uh, the word, rightly dividing the word. In the American Standard Version, um, like I've said before, meticulously accurate, uh, it, it translates this as uh, of uh, handling aright the word of truth. You know, so that brings up a, a good question. Is there a right way to handle God's word? Well, surely there is. Matter of fact, uh, if my memory uh, serves me correctly, uh, this passage actually, if we were going to translate it, um, the the word rightly dividing or handling aright uh, literally uh, could be translated as cutting a straight line. You know, cutting a straight line. Now, what do you do? You know, guys, you go out and you get in the workshop and you start, you know, cutting on some wood or something. You know, it's important to cut those straight lines if you're fitting things together, right? You know, if you have you ever put up crown molding? If you haven't, that's fun to do. You know, you, you gotta you gotta think backwards and upside down and all this stuff when you're cutting because you got to cut these joints just right. You know, if they don't fit right, guess what? They're not going to look right. And so you have to learn how to cut it properly. Now, when we are handling aright the Word of God, we need to think of some things. Number one is this. Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 20 uh, says, you know, the scripture is not up to private interpretation. You know, we are not allowed to interpret the scriptures in whatever way we wish. There is something right and just about the scriptures because it is the word of God, and we have to follow what it says. We have to go and find what is right. Now, um, I know in the religious world people will say, hey, you know what? You do it the way you want to do it. We'll do it the way we want to do it. You believe what you want to believe. We'll believe what we want to believe. And we're all going to heaven in just, just in different ways. But is that what the scriptures teach? Well, see, if that's what the scriptures were, teach, uh, were teaching, then 2 Peter 1.20 is of no effect. 2 Peter 1.20 would then be a contradiction to what is taught in scripture. But... There are no contradictions within Scripture because this is the infallible Word of God. So either the Scriptures are correct and we are wrong or we are right and the Scriptures are wrong. Now, when it comes down to handling right the Word of God, there is a right way to do it. There is a right interpretation. Now, we went through last week and we talked about some of the ways that uh, so the rules of interpreting things and, and those things are very necessary. We need to remember, you know, there aren't any contradictions within Scripture. So there aren't any contradictions. And when we see a supposed contradiction, that means we don't have full knowledge. We need to find out what is going on. We need to uh, look into it a little bit further. But also this shows a bit of care concerning the Word of God. I've had people say, and I know you've heard this too, well, you know, that Bible, it's a big book. And you're just taking one passage out of that. You know, it's, it's a big book. You, you've got you've to look at everything. 
And I've had those same people say, well, you know, that, that's kind of impossible. It's impossible to be able to do it. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not impossible. You just need the right guidance. Think back to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. You know, what, what do you do? And Philip comes up to him and says, what? <laughs> do you understand what you're reading? Well, no, not. How can I? Unless someone guides me. Brethren, we can look at the scriptures, but sometimes we need a guide. And that might be an outside source, right? That might be someone um, that has written a commentary. It might be a brother or sister in Christ that, that knows the subject. Well, whatever. You know, there, there are always uh, people out there that can help and resources that can help. Now, I have to mention this while we're on this. That one, of the, one of the things that's... Um, very challenging about something that we've done recently is that, you know, with the questions and answers. Now, are you doing questions and answers? What do you got to do? Now, you've, you've got to make sure that what you're saying is right and, and, you're, and you're teaching the truth. And so you're going through and you're pouring over all these different passages of Scripture to make sure what you are teaching is right. Now, that does mean, yes, you have to have a base understanding of Scripture. You have to have this base knowledge here, a foundation. But it means that you also need to know where to look for other things. That means you're going to have to know certain topics and where they're taught. You know, you're going to talk about uh, sanctification. You, you're going to have to know Romans fairly well. You're going to have to know Leviticus fairly well. You're going to have to know these things, at least where to find it. So when we are... Uh, I want to mention this before we move on. I appreciate the congregation here. Uh, and being so willing uh, to to come up with questions uh, that could be answered with the Bible, and, and I hope that we continue to have have that, and I hope that um, that we can all grow from from that kind of an experience. But brethren, the number one thing is we need to handle the Word of God in the way that God intended it. Now, comes a second thought here. We need to be able to put our emotions aside. Sometimes our emotions can get in the way, right? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in an argument? Yeah? This means yes. This means no. All right. You've been in an argument? Yeah. You've probably been in an argument once or twice. Um I don't think Rob Briscoe's ever been in an argument, so, you know. She always wins. <laughs> but when, when, when we think about arguments, sometimes our emotions get the better of us, right? Now, what happens when our emotions get the better of us? Well, not good things, right? You know, it, it doesn't turn out well. You know, we've often uh, spoken about this one. Talk about having disagreements with brethren and what do you do? You know, whatever note you start that argument on, it's going to be the note that it ends on. Unless someone does some major repair to that argument. So, if we start off on a bad note, it is more than likely going to end on a bad note. That is just how things go. Now, when we are talking about scripture and we think about our emotions... 
those can cloud our judgments. You know, sometimes we're going to have to remove our emotions from the scriptures. Now, now, what do I mean? Let me let me illustrate it by this. Uh, I remember uh, Brother B.J. Clark telling telling a story, and I, I can't remember if it was in class or just in conversation, but he um, he was talking about how he knew this couple, and and he was talking to them and studying the scriptures with them, and uh, came to find that found that they found out that well, they were not in a proper marriage. And they needed to make things right. And the way they needed to make things right was uh, to dissolve the union that they were in because it was not right. It was in disagreement with Matthew 19.9. And so they were not in a a right marriage. Um, So during this time, of course, tears are being shed. Emotions are high. And... I want to say this is one of the first times that this had ever happened to Brother Clark. And he came home and he spoke to his wife and he said, Tish, you know, don't you ever, ever, ever let me go astray concerning the Word of God. He said, "Ah, you know, I, I see it. I see how easy it is. To look over at a grieving couple, knowing what kind of a relationship that they're in, knowing that it's not right, and you love them, and you wish that you could just make an exception, but it has to be about God's Word. You know, we need to remove our emotions sometime from studying Scriptures. You know, because what Matt wants may not be what God wants. You think about this thought of just sticking to the Scriptures and the Scriptures only. And the reason that we need to remove our emotions from our study of Scripture is, well, John 12 and verse 48 he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. It is by the word of God that we are going to be judged. And if we allow our emotions to cloud our judgment concerning scriptures, we are going to have a bigger problem than hurt feelings. Think about a passage we often use in staying faithful to the Word of God, and that's Revelation 2 and verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. What does it mean to be faithful unto death? Well, you know, specifically in the Scriptures here, you know, the the church had been persecuted. These people were dying. And I I know I've quoted this so many times, and I had somebody come up to me one time, and they, they just said, you know, Matt, it doesn't mean what you say it means. Which, you know, of course, I'm just saying, hey, you know, we need to stay faithful unto death. You know, uh, until the day we die, we need to be faithful. They said, well, that's not what that means because they're being killed. And I said, well, you suppose people that are being killed, that they would stay faithful 
until the day they died? If they are being killed because of the word of God, do you think that that's what they've done? Absolutely. They have stayed true to the scriptures. They have stayed faithful. Now, brethren, we could get into a whole number of scenarios showing, you know, why, you know, we might want to do this or that, and you know, and but you know what? When it comes down to the Word of God, we need to let it rule our lives. We need to set our pride aside and humbly accept the Scriptures. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you another aspect of this. And this is for teachers. We need to put our pride aside when it comes to teaching the Word of God. And what I, what I mean is simply this. You know, sometimes we can be wrong. You know, it is embarrassing. I tell you what, I know for a fact. I have been here on a couple of different occasions where I have preached something, where I have taught something, and somebody comes and says, you know, it's not quite that way. And I disagree with them at first, and then I go, you know, they're right. Now, you know what I want to do at those points? I want to go, I wonder how many people would notice if I never say anything about this topic again. I can just kind of curl up here in a ball and just leave it alone. But you know what? When it comes to teaching the truth, we have to lay that emotion aside and we have to go, all right, well, the truth of the matter is I was wrong. And this is what's right. It's the Word of God. So we have to, we have to handle it the right way and we have to set our emotions aside. But then the, the question is, why do we do this? Why is it that we've put everything aside like this? Well, it's because, or at least it should be, because we love them. You know, if we love the Lord, things are going to be different for us. We're going to have a different motivation. And so those times when our emotions get to us, if we love the Lord more than anything, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do whatever He wills for us to do. I think about First John, uh, you know, chapter uh, chapter four. Uh, if you would go ahead and turn over to First John chapter four. First John chapter four. Well, let's look at seventeen and following. Herein is love made perfect with us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is even so are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath punishment and he that feareth is not made perfect in love we love because he first loved us if a man say I love God and hateth his brother he's a liar 
For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen cannot love God whom he hath not seen. And this commandment we have, uh, have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Number one, brethren, we love God because he first loved us. He first loved us in that he died for us. The Father sent his Son to die for us. We love because he first loved us. But to go further, brethren, the other point is this. If we love God, then we love our brethren. I understand, okay? I understand this. Some people are harder to love than others. And and that's going to be different for everybody, right? You know, I'm sure that there are probably people here that uh, maybe don't, don't like my personality. But you know what? I'm thankful that you love me enough to not show that. You know, there are going to be people that we're going to want to spend time with more than others. But as brethren, uh, we don't need to neglect each other. And we definitely do not need to hate each other. I got a question. Have you ever seen this in action? Have you ever seen someone that hates their brethren? I have. And it is one of the saddest things that you'll ever see. Nothing good comes from it. And unfortunately, people who hate their brethren, well, they hate the Lord. You know, these people, just as this passage says, you know, how can they go about saying, I love God, I want to do what He says, and then hate their brethren? You know, they they can see their brethren, they they can touch and hold their brethren. So how in the world... But they love a Lord God who they cannot see. And the answer, of course, is they can't. And so, of course, we love because He first loved us. And ultimately, that is why we handle the Word of God. The right way. First John five three. First John five three. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. If we love the Lord, then we'll keep His commandments, and it does not matter how difficult they are. We're going to do it because we love them. Brethren, I hope you love the Lord. I hope you love the Lord more than anything in this world because I know that Matthew chapter 10 teaches this very thing.
man, if you do not, yeah, if you if you love your your mother, your father, your family, anything in this world more than the Lord, you're not worthy of Him. Love the Lord. Do that with all your heart. Do it with every fiber of your being. Because if you do not love the Lord, you don't have anything. So yes, we need to handle God's Word aright, in the right way, the way that He intends. That may mean that we need to set our emotions aside. But if we handle it the right way, that is definitely going to show our love for Him. Show your love for the Lord. Follow His Word and His Word only. Maybe it is this morning that someone here that is in need to respond to the, the invitation. Maybe you have not yet become a Christian you'd like to do that. Uh, well, you, you just have to go through a simple process. Uh, we've heard the Word of God this morning, which is the first logical step. Uh, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We hear and then we believe. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So hear, believe, repent. Luke 13.3 I tell you nay, but unless you repent you shall all likewise perish. Hear, believe, repent, and confess. Uh, Matthew 10.32 and 33 uh, We need to confess Christ before men and He will confess us before the Father but if we deny Him. He will deny us before the Father which is in heaven. Uh, also, uh, Romans chapter 10 uh, says uh, that we need to, um, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, righteousness uh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's Romans 10 and verse 10. So hear, believe, repent, confess, and then we must be baptized into Christ. 1 Peter 3.21 The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And last, but certainly not least, Revelation 2 and verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. If there's anybody here that needs prayers, if, if you need anything, come to your brethren. Come to the Lord, and only ask of it. If there's anybody here that needs to respond, please do so as we stand, as we sing. I will sing.